This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Interesting timing with this next topic. There was an open letter published this week by two of Apple's biggest investors, and they're worried that the company's not doing enough to stop young people from using their products uh, to an addictive level. They point to a growing body of scientific research that suggests screen time and social media have a negative impact on growing minds. Now, the response from the company is that, hey, you know, this matters. We look out for kids, we want to help parents limit the use of these products is inevitably this comes back to the parents but it's difficult it's a real challenge and and that's what this uh, next book explores the book is called be the parent please stop banning seesaws and start banning snapchat naomi schaefer riley is a visiting fellow with the american enterprise institute also a senior fellow at the independent women's forum and the author of this book naomi great to have you with us here welcome to the program thank you so much for having me um, first of all, what do you make of uh, this this uh, controversy around Apple this week and the company's response that say, you know, th- this is important to us? Well, I think on the one hand, it's it's nice that uh, some people with uh, an actual stake in the in these companies are are starting to notice uh, what the research is suggesting. Um, you know, certainly there has been evidence for a while that there is a, a strong correlation between too much screen time and everything from obesity to attention deficit problems. Um, that being said, though, I I don't really think that this problem is going to be solved by the technology companies. Um, I've spent a lot of time over the last few years talking to parents and teachers and researchers and, you know, people who've actually really spent a lot of time trying to figure out, is there a way, uh, you know, to filter out what my children are seeing? Is there a way to shut down screens at a certain hour? Is there a way to kind of get around um, this increasing addiction? And, you know, most people just say to me, no, the answer is no. The answer is this, you know, you're... There, there are solutions, but they have to be implemented by parents. It's not, we can't just leave it up to the technology company. Right. And I mean, you know, it's, it's a challenge for parents because it's the reality of today. Kids play games. Uh, kids communicate with each other. Kids are on social media. So it's kind of part of the reality of, of childhood today. But obviously, it can get out of hand. So for parents to recognize, first of all, when it's become a problem and then how do you rein it in, it, it can be a real challenge. Well, absolutely. And I and I just I would I would be careful about just saying things like, you know, it's the reality today, because I think that too many parents, especially of younger children, just say, well, it's the reality and there's nothing I can do about it. And there's a lot of throwing their hands up. And I just I think that we really need to step back and think about what we're doing, especially, uh, you know, for children at younger ages. I mean, now it's it's increasingly common for kids as young as seven or eight to get their own phones um, and, you know, and for parents to 
to have devices in kids' bedrooms, um, for kids to be, uh, you know, actually losing sleep uh, as they're as they're playing on these devices uh, in, well into the evening. Um, and I think that you know we need to be empowering parents and saying, no, you just because you know the the technology companies want your kids to have screens, and just because um, you know even the schools are handing out iPads at the drop of a hat, mm-hmm. um, and just because your kids' friends have them. That doesn't mean that that your kids need to. And I've talked to enough parents who really, um, you know, are starting to take a stand. Uh, there's a whole movement um, here uh, started in Texas recently called Wait Until Eighth. Um, and parents, thousands of parents around the country have signed on to this pledge. And they've said they're going to at least wait until eighth grade until giving their kids a phone. And even then, it may not be a smartphone. It may simply be, you know, a flip phone that will allow them to communicate with their kids. So I just think that we're, you know, at a time that is just ripe for rethinking the rules around technology in our homes and and just encouraging parents to do that rather than just saying, well, you know, that's the reality. There's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. Well, and, and I think part of this is, though, you're calling on parents to step up here, right? Be the parent because being the parent means saying no. Being the parent means you got to be involved in your kid's life. And it can be easy for a parent to say, okay, you know, the kid's distracted watching YouTube or playing a game uh, that's easier than than you know, trying to figure out what we're going to do this afternoon. Right, and I'm and I'm sympathetic. I really am. The temptations of technology are everywhere, and you know, I have kids of my own, and certainly, you know, you you you're constantly put in situations where it would simply be easier to give your kids the phone, whether it is you're standing in line at the supermarket, you're in the car and the traffic is too much, um, you have to get some work done, and the kids have a day off from school for one reason or another. Um, I think that, you know, again, the temptations are everywhere, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be unsympathetic, but I think that what happens is we start, you know, getting into the habit of handing over the phones or handing over the tablets simply because our kids are bored or they're complaining and and the result is that the next time you're in the supermarket the next time you're in the car the next time you you have to you know get some work done that's the automatic response it's not a a response of last resort it becomes a response of first resort Mm -hmm. right and yeah you set the precedent and then that becomes the norm so where do parents start if they want to start to scale it back what's step one well, I think, uh, you know, Happy New Year. I think a lot of people are, you know, are really trying to, you know, at the beginning of the year, try to, uh, you know, think about how they want to change things, uh, if they want to change things in their homes. And by the way, a lot of the parents I talk to certainly are very uh, worried about this topic. They they don't they're not waiting for 30 year longitudinal studies to tell them that that these screens are a problem for their kids. They already know, and they're looking for uh, for things they can do to change things. So the first thing is obviously, as with any uh, you know diet, uh, a screen diet, I think just has to be consistent at the beginning. So if you decide you know we're not going to do screen time on on school nights, for instance, or we're not going to do screen times except for this you know one half hour period at night. Um, you know, you really have to stick to that for the first several weeks and several months because as soon as you kind of cave, your kids know and they will start asking you to make an exception the following night and the night after that. They, the kids sense when you're weak. Um, so I would, I would just, I would start there in terms of figuring out what your rules are and really trying to be consistent. And you can lay out some exceptions ahead of time, you know, uh, trips to the emergency room, you know, car rides that are longer than two hours, those sorts of things. Right. Um, but I would also just keep in mind that 
that, you know, you can't just take things away. It, again, this is like a diet. You know, people would tell you to substitute other things uh, instead. So you're supposed to substitute healthy foods for, you know, your, your candy bar uh, in, the, in the middle of the afternoon. I think you're also supposed to substitute things, you know, for your kids to do. And that might be, um, you know, art projects. It might be that you have to spend some more time entertaining them, but I don't think that's the only solution. Um, I think that we need to think about, you know, the things that kids used to do uh, before screens. Um, you know, I, I like to tell the story that before my daughter, my oldest daughter turned one, uh, she became really interested in ripping up newspapers. And she would do that. And she would do that for, you know, as many as, uh, you know, 20 minutes at a time, which for, you know, someone, a kid who's one is actually quite a bit of time. Yeah. Um, and I just think, you know, we always talk about how toddlers, when you give them presents, they're more interested in the packaging than they are in actually what's inside of them. That's true. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, so I just, I think that, you know, sometimes these solutions are going to be a little messier than handing over an iPad, um, but I think they're worth doing. And, and in terms of the research on uh, the, the kinds of experiences that kids are lacking now, you know, uh, researchers are concerned about kids' uh, small motor skills, their gross motor skills, um, you know, all of these things that we're not doing anymore from the, the you know, instead of uh, stacking blocks, they're, they're stacking blocks on an iPad, which is not the same experience and doesn't, doesn't provide the same kind of skills. So I would I would advise parents to think back to their own childhoods and and what they did uh, in order to get some ideas. Well, it's interesting because we we do talk a lot about that these days in the context of this you know bubble wrapped kids and helicopter parenting and these kinds of terms that maybe parents are afraid to let their kids just go run around the neighborhood, go with their friends, run off to the park, be outside all day because certainly that's something I remember as a kid uh, and you know you probably do too that uh, you know you're getting kicked outside, go play, go find your friends, go enjoy the outdoors. It, is is it a consequence of that that parents are almost afraid to let their kids go wander around the neighborhood and this is a consequence of them being kept indoors? I think that's absolutely true. I think it's, um, you know, there are fewer kids just out in the neighborhood and if you know, it, it's kind of this, uh, uh, everybody else is, is creating the problem, but so am I. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if I don't send my kids out, you know, then the neighbor across the street is going to think there are no kids outside for their kids to play with. So it's definitely, I think it's definitely a problem and parents, um, you know, uh, don't want to send their kids out uh, you know, for safety reasons sometimes, although the data certainly suggests that, if anything, this is a, one of the safest times in modern history to be sending your kids outside to play. Uh, there's been a, you know, severe decline in, in, in violent crime in most areas. And, you know, we're, we're talking about people who live in, you know, middle-class suburbs uh, who won't send their kids outside. So part of it is definitely that kids are, are being overscheduled. Uh, we're not giving them a lot of freedom. But I, I do kind of wonder now at this point, you know, if, if every kid kid has this kind of device, if we send them out to play in the park, are they just all going to be sitting on a bench watching YouTube videos, <laughs> okay, <no kidding. laughs> which, is, which is something of a concern. So I think you know, part of it is, uh, you know, trying to encourage them to go outside, to encourage free play, to find, you know, one or two other families who are willing to do this with you, because I think you do need some allies in, in what is no doubt going to be a fight. Mm -hmm. Well, I think when you do see people on the bench of the park, it's often the parents who are at the, on the bench at the park and they're the ones looking at their devices I, I think you know a lot of parenting maybe is is do as i say not as i do but are, are we setting bad examples for our kids because uh, i know I, i'm i use technology a lot 
There's no doubt that we're setting bad examples, I think. Um, you know, the, the, the problem is that I think that that is often an excuse that parents use not to set down rules. And you do have to keep in mind that we do have different rules for kids and adults with regard to a lot of things. We, we have age limits for driving and drinking and all sorts of other things. And so what I tell parents is, yes, it would be helpful if you got off your phone a little bit more and if you got off your computer a little bit more. But please don't let that stand in the way of your setting some rules for your kids. That's not a good excuse. And I think that one of the things I try to tell parents is that you know, we remember as kids uh, the joy from sitting on the couch and reading a novel and not being interrupted or from being able to be outside and playing games with our friends and not having a phone constantly buzz at us. But if our kids never have those experiences and they don't develop those kinds of tastes and those kinds of habits, when they get to be an adult, I think it will be a lot harder for them to know when to turn off the technology, to know when it's interfering with their ability to get enough sleep or their ability to socialize with their friends face-to-face. So as parents, I think it's important for us to make sure that we develop those tastes and habits in our kids so they know what to do when they grow up. Well, the book is called Be the Parent, Please. Stop banning seesaws and start banning Snapchat strategies for solving the real parenting problems. Uh, Folks can read more at NaomiRiley.com. Naomi, thanks so much for joining us here today, and all the best with the book. Thank you so much. really appreciate it. You too. Uh, That is Naomi Schaefer-Riley, author of Be the Parent, Please. NaomiRiley.com, that's R-I-L-E-Y. Also visiting fellow with the American Enterprise Institute and a senior fellow at the Independent Women's Forum. All right, 974-8255 is our number here, 974-TALK. A quick break. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.